there were 50 that I, or 10 I wanted to go to at the same time, and I had to choose one. And being a Libra, that's kind of a problem for me. <laughs> um, but I, I managed to do I it. I want to be clear. That's I never f- knew your sign. Yeah, <laughs> that's the first time anybody has mentioned their sign on the pod. So uh, that's, a, that's a, a real first. Okay. Jason, um, we got to put like some kind of ding, a bell next <laughs> to that. What noise does a Libra make? I don't know. That's a whole other podcast. Hi, everybody, and welcome to The Human Element. I am so excited to be joined by a number of guests today. First, Risa Wexler, who's VP of Media Lab at Pfizer. Can I say that? Is that correct? You can. That is, You can say anything you want, but I, that— I didn't screw any of that Among up. other things, that's mostly correct. I'm also joined by Karen Antuzzi, SVP Digital Group Director here at Cara. Hi, Karen. Welcome to the pod. Thank you. First Happy time. here. Yes, newbie. And Haley Poss, SVP Head of Insights and Strategy at Cara as well. Can't keep me away. So, Risa, thanks so much for joining us. We're super excited to have you here. Could you tell us a little bit about your role and what it is that you do? Sure. First off, thank you for having me here, uh, Risa Wexler. I currently work at Pfizer as the head of the Media Lab, which consists of a couple different teams. The largest team would be the media team, which is where we uh, do our work with Kara. So, tell me, the Media Lab does what? Well, we have the media team which does your traditional uh, media planning role. And we work with all the brands across all the pharma uh, businesses inside the company, all the different brands. I have two other teams. One is called Digital Chops. And what they do is work with the different brands and the, the marketers to understand working with the media team, what are the trends for, what are the skills and the things that they will need to develop in the future, the near mm. future. And then we collectively work together within the, the company to figure out uh, how to do that. Got it. Okay. That makes sense. So I'm going to open it up to the three of you a little bit on this next question. Talk to me a little bit about what it is that makes for a good agency-client partnership. First thing is trust and transparency. I think, actually, the no surprises. I was going to say no that, surprises. Uh, process that we have when, if and when something happens to go wrong there's just no lapse in communication. Gather up the information right away, pick up the phone, make a phone call, and no surprises on what happened, when it happened, and it really makes for a great, trusting relationship. You guys all were in South By last week together. Tell me a little bit about that experience. Haley, let's start with you. Just what year of South By is this for you? Like how many years mm-hmm. consecutively? And you know what, what was this year's conference like? It's my third year attending, and every year it's a little bit different for me. I always advise clients and the team alike to go to things completely unrelated to your day-to-day life, and I always use it as um, an excuse just to get back in touch with my creativity and my curiosity and learn new things and kind of connect the dots in a completely different way. So I go to this conference to uh, hear and learn about different things, and meet different people, and let's all face it, eat more like Fred Flintstone. <laughs> so there kimchi were fries. plenty of slabs of meat. Those kimchi fries were awesome <laughs> at the food truck in front of the convention center. So you FYI. like that kimchi fries? I, I didn't know I did, but it but was delicious. Right, <laughs> it turns out it was delicious. Opening your mind to new things. It was yeah, like all kinds of things. It's a mind, uh, stomach, uh, soul kind of thing. Now that's a book. Have you? Is, is that like on your list of books to write? I'm going to write that down right now. Uh, you should. You should. Uh, Karen, your first time. Yeah. Yes? 
I gravitated to a couple of different things, a few that were about, you know, the next generation of the web and artificial intelligence and how messed up we are right now at this point in the web and where we need to be. Gary Kasparov is an example. If anybody knows, he's from many decades ago. Sure. You remember him. Chess, chess. Chess. At yeah. IBM and chess, but started an internet security company for your smart home because as they demonstrated on stage, hackers can hack right into your smart home through your, I was telling you, Sonos or yep. smart light bulbs or all sorts of things that you know are very convenient. But when you have legacy companies who are developing them and have no idea about security, it makes it a lot easier for the hackers. Not even legacy companies, to be honest, new companies too. I saw this really great talk with Malcolm Gladwell and the CEO of a self-driving car company called Aurora. And they're not designing for cybersecurity. Right. They're just trying to get these cars to work. Right. And and so Malcolm Gladwell kept like poking and poking and poking, being like, Yeah, but what are you gonna do when there's a two thousand car pile up on the four oh five? That's gonna happen. And like, are you preparing for that? And he just didn't know how to answer because they're not putting Amazing. the resources against it. But he he didn't let up. And I, I think it's a really important conversation mm-hmm. that a lot of these companies aren't thinking about today. So a couple things in this. If you could sum up the conference in one word. I know it's really hard, or two, or three. What would those be? This year was about decentralization. I think mm-hmm. one, there's actually a lot of politics yeah. going I'm on. Get, don't worry, we're getting there. Um, yeah. <laughs> which was which was really interesting, and I think yep. will be a whole new stage for politicians in the future, especially next year. But decentralization was a huge theme from mm-hmm. like Elizabeth Warren just introducing the new policy about breaking up the big three in tech. Mm-hmm. And then she spoke the next day. It's going to be a huge part of her platform. Two, I think blockchain came up a little bit around decentralization. So how are companies leveraging blockchain in order to make it more democratic? I would add um, diversity and inclusion, mm-hmm. but not so much f- just from having a program in place, but more so from divergent thinking, getting out of echo chambers, inclusion and diversity, also including age. I went to a very interesting talk by Chip Conley, who was brought on to consult for um, Airbnb, talking about um, Wisdom at Work is his book, and The Modern Elder, how you know we need a combination of digital intelligence as well as emotional intelligence, which is where The Modern Elder comes in today in the workplace. So that was really interesting. I think I want to sign up to be just modern elder for the title. I like, like it. I want to walk around and be like, hi, I'm a modern elder. <laughs> I mean, like I a already staff. am. Already. <laughs> yeah, I don't hope to be, I yeah, guess. It definitely, it's like right. a Gandalf deal. Exactly. Yeah. So I'm going to throw a word out there. Tell me if you all heard it, and that word is empathy. Yes, I yes. saw Brene Brown's keynote, oh. so the queen of empathy. <laughs> so Brene talked about how she believes we're in this time of what she defines as high lonesomeness. I want to be a modern elder in the time of high lonesomeness. <laughs> and we you can know, arrange for that, to right? Be, that's my new book. True. It's not a new concept. Like the UK just declared that they needed a minister of loneliness, mm. actually, because it's a huge it's health issue job. with them. It, yeah, it must, literally the saddest job. So Haley rolled this out. Risa, I'm going to start with you on this, and that is Elizabeth Warren just prior to the conference announced that she had a plan to essentially blow up the digital platform companies. That obviously has made lots and lots of news and sort of continues to make news from that moment on. What's your particular perspective on the value or lack of value in that idea? I do actually think, this is this could be contrary to my peers here, but I do think that there's too much power concentrated among these particular players. Sure. 
I'm not sure how to break it up. I'll leave that to people who make way more than I do. But I definitely believe that they have too much power. If you think, what's the number? I don't know, at one point I heard 80% of everything online runs through these two, two of these three companies. That's just not fair. So I think it's an interesting point, right? So the last time we went through this at this kind of significance. Obviously, there was a whole Microsoft movement at one point in time uh, in the previous incarnation of their dominance, not this current incarnation of their dominance. But before that, it was AT&T, mm-hmm. right? And that actually happened, and they broke it all up, and they split it all apart. And you have to wonder to yourself, would we be at the same level of development in the telecommunications industry had that event not happened? I think you could make a solid argument that the answer may be no, right? That that has spurred competition and driven a different sort of footprint for, for the development of the industry. It's a difficult question. Again, I'm with you. I think they materially have too much concentration of power, not just in a business context, but really a consumer impact context. Mm-hmm, and I think yeah. that's really globally the bigger rub. Mm-hmm. You think of, think of how elections and yeah. and people's lives and fortunes have been influenced yeah. and swayed and oppressed in some cases by this. Karen, from your perspective, what do you think on this on this topic? I mean, if I'm wearing my consumer individual hat. You know. Wear any hat you want, cowboy. Yeah, it's, a, it's a really heavy, meaty topic. Yeah. And, um, you know, when you think about the amount of power that a company like Amazon has, mm. right, where they control the market and they compete in it, doesn't quite seem fair to the little guy. Personally, I believe, you know, that we need to go somewhere where we currently are not. Yeah, one of the interesting ironies of this topic is I think it's one of the few things in the world where... Uh, Ms. Warren and the President of the United States actually probably share some common ground. I actually went to Elizabeth Warren's talk, and I, I'm a big conspiracy theorist. I just get sucked into them. I don't necessarily believe them, I but just, I went to. I also well, love horror I literally movies went to, and that sort of. Uh, I went to a, a session on conspiracy theories in social media, and just in case, in case you're a flat earther, you should know that's the gateway <laughs> conspiracy into the deep dark. That's that's the conspiracy. marijuana, like, wax yeah. pen entry point into that's correct. Uh, drug abuse? Into Alex Jones, yes. Okay. <laughs> so just beware. <laughs> You've been warned. I have been warned This is like a now. deep hole. I know, it yeah. is. Yeah, it really. is. But she did, she mentioned, and I was like, oh, you're right, Elizabeth Warren. She was like, well, why, did, why would Google have bought Nest? Why would they want to know about everything going on well, in your exactly home? That's exactly why they bought it. That's exactly why I don't have I it know, in my exactly. house. I know, exactly. I'm like, oh, geez, this is great. And then another, actually, someone on my team mentioned when Amazon was looking at where to move their office or where to start their new office, mm-hmm. they basically ended up getting every city plan for like they took the information. all the major mm-hmm. city, you know. So they have a wealth of data and information on the city plans for the next 5, 10, 15, 20 years for most major cities across the U.S. And it's so much power and information and data. So, yes, more regulation. We're going to have Alex Jones on the show next week, so be, look forward. He's been banned everywhere else, I'm so just he's kidding. looking yeah, for he's a new platform. Only, trust me, he, he's, he's, he's not welcome here either. All right, let's zip ahead. Why should brands still attend? Because I'll give you my bias. When I left South by last year, I was like, this thing's over. I felt like last year was really flat. It was a quirky, strange group from a brand perspective. I didn't feel the same buzz on the tech side. I just, I kind of was wandering on the last day, kind of like, I don't know if this is going to work. But it feels a bit re-energized just from what I've read this year, and maybe some of that's the presidential race, maybe, who knows. Why is it important for for brands to still go? You know, as a first-timer, as I think both of you said, I just like being exposed to, you know, different ideas, get out of the everyday, um, whether it's, 
innovation or just, you know, empathy or belonging or cybersecurity or film, whatever it is. I went to a photography exhibit, just any of these things. It's like going to a museum. Why yeah. do you go to expand your, you know, sure. your horizons, your mind, your thinking, and expose yourself to new things? Yeah. Uh, agree. So okay. this is not about <laughs> learning. You can go to a conference and hear what someone else did. You can totally do that. This has nothing to do with that. This is as if the world's greatest thought leaders on familiar, unfamiliar, uh, wacky, and genius topics, they come together, they create like a huge university, they open up the course catalog, and they say you can go to anything you want to go to. Analogy. You have a week, go to anything you want. Yeah, I mean, I echo all of you know, the things that these two lovely ladies said. And I think why I personally keep going back and love it just gives me the space to think and, and connect and make ideas happen. And we don't get that in a lot in our day-to-day lives. And it's a lot of inspiration all at once. It's like inspiration beer Overload. funnel. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or that. Well, that's Now the we title. know a lot more about what you're doing Chase, here. We've, we've here. got our <laughs> podcast title, Inspiration Beer Funnel, folks. That's a layup. Let's sort of jump ahead. Let's get back to just 2019 for a second. Broadly speaking, what are the things that worry you most from an industry perspective or from a pharmaceutical marketing challenge perspective or from a digital marketing perspective in 2019? From what I saw there, deep I know fakes. Gonna, I knew you were going to say that. Deep fakes disturbs me more than, not more than the, the deep dark web because I also learned about that at South By, which I wouldn't, follow up in Google because I thought I would then go to jail for even (laughs) Googling it, let alone downloading Tor. But the notion of deep fakes and robotic uh, news, so I went to a session and did did a robot write your news, and I don't know if you guys went to that. Yeah. And they had Bloomberg and AP. Mm. And Bloomberg said, per quarter, 4,000 earnings reports, like news stories per quarter, are written by automation. And I just, I couldn't even wrap my head around the volume and the impact of something like that. And then you wonder, are there other biases in the system and how is it reporting on people? And there must be people in there. And then AP um, person said, yeah, uh, like 3,000 or so on sports. Same thing for us. So they're just taking the information, they have a template. And they bang it out. And they automate it and they bang it right out. So... I have a couple That's questions. That's not deep fakes. Yeah. That's another thing. No, no, no. But this is interesting to me. We'll get to deep fakes in a second, which I do agree is like terrifying. Mm-hmm. Like who is actually who terrifying. and what have you done? And oh my God, that looks like you and whatever. Are we talking about, you know, those little one liner jobbies that are like IBM, EPS, 24 versus estimate 25? In which case, I'm like, I guess, I get how that, it, it, that automation to me is like, okay. Maybe. Or like a level of robustness around the topic, which to me is like. I don't know. I don't see why that wouldn't be next. So even if you, they didn't get into specifics, but if you imagine that they're at the the place today where they're just writing, you know, the blurb, there's no reason why tomorrow they won't be at the 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 full robust piece. All right, so let's do deep fakes. Go ahead, Karen. Tell us. You did a much better job (laughs) of explaining it. These people are going to get sick of hearing from me. Um, I'll chime in. Deep fakes are the art, if you will, of manipulating Photo, video, audio, so anything digital. This terrifies me. In the world of of bots and fake news and just all the corruption and the manipulation undermining of the democratic process, in the United States at least, and I know this happens everywhere else in the world, but this will be used to 
potentially disrupt everything that happens going forward. Mm -hmm. So if a lie is halfway around the world before the truth gets its pants on, I think that was Mark Twain, then you can't unsee those things. Once you've seen it, you can't stop, you know, half the world from thinking, oh, no, it's true. Hence the conspiracy theories that that pop up. And if you don't go to Snopes and somebody had on a T-shirt that said Snopes is a conspiracy. (laughs) Great. Snopes is actually queuing on. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. I, I've read, you know, a simple statement recently that, you know, the more a word is repeated, the more it's believed, even if it's not true. So now you add video to that. Sure. And, you know, it's sure. really Well, that's after the phenomenon of the current administration. So they just repeat it over and over and over again, which is why you hear, whether you believe it or not, there was no collusion. So it's said at every, even when you're serving fast food yep. to, to champion athletes, you walk by and you say there was no collusion with Russia. Totally irrelevant. Yep. But if you say it enough, now you have half the country believing there was no Renee collusion. Renee Brown yep. had a Russia. really good point on that. And she says that bullshit is the opposite of truth, not mm-hmm. lying. Because with lying, there's at least some like semblance of truth within that. But bullshit just That's completely good. upends truth. So I'm going to ask this to Risa and Karen because I think I asked you this before. But if I didn't, you answer too, Haley. Is that fair? Fair. All right. This will be the last question, then we'll get into the lightning round, which is supposed to go quickly, but never does. (laughs) So uh, the question is this, why do you love this business? For me, it's change, constant learning. Mm. It's always been that and still is. So me being the worst possible assistant media planner 25 (laughs) years ago did not sway you? I think that's that's good. Uh, I love it as much as I did before I even knew it existed, and I couldn't believe then that somebody would pay me to do this, and I can't believe they pay me today. Don't tell anybody that. No one's going to listen to this. <laughs> no one's going to hear this. Turn it off. Quick. Delete that. <laughs> I'll tell you, here's what's really interesting. <laughs> years ago, for the first 20 years of my career, no one had any idea what I did. I couldn't explain it no matter how hard I tried, and now everybody thinks they know what it is and they know how to do it. Mm. So it's become part of the way we live our lives. And uh, so as exciting as it was to me and still remains, it's now also interesting to everybody else. So it's cool to have an inside line. All right, the lightning round. Short answers to quick questions. Favorite digital experience, none of your own. Oh, what? a digital experience? What does that mean? So, I just app, say experience? Website. All right, I can go first because I have one top of mind that I saw yesterday. <laughs> on the on out. Twitch, which is a gaming platform, yes. Wendy's did this really cool activation with them where every time someone would gift their gaming influencer digital money, fries would rain from the top of the screen all the way down and he would kind of like thank the player for gifting him money. It's part of how influencers on the Got platform it. actually make money. It was for like Friday. Just dollar for the oh, day. Cute. Mm-hmm. It was Those just marketers. Fun. It was fun. I tell you, they're yeah. fun. That's a good one. So, so again, uh, okay, I have favorite, you know, this digital is, oh, experience. Whatever. I'm going to give you two answers. Yeah, please, go ahead. So, so you went from zero answers to so, two answers. So good, because I've got none. <laughs> well, one's a really old answer, and one's a new answer. The new oh, like answer it. has to do with Fortnite. Not a gamer. Mm. You might have not guessed that, but <laughs> not a gamer. And so at South By, Samsung had a whole experience venue, and I decided I needed to play Fortnite, so I played it. Wasn't that it was my favorite thing, and I'm going to start gaming now, but right. at least I can say I've played Fortnite. That's more than me. The old one has to do with Open Table because I had gone out really late on a Saturday in Manhattan meatpacking when it was probably cool, and now who knows what it is. <laughs> um, went to you know hotel restaurant and plenty of empty tables outside. How much time do you have for this? You know, go in to get a table, <laughs> and there much. are no tables available, quote unquote. Right. Mm. So I go walk over to the bar, and I go on the app, and I secure a table, and I walk back up to the maitre d', <laughs> and I say, I'd like to be seated now. 
That's hilarious. So that's my favorite digital experience. Uh, I like that. Fantastic. <laughs> I like that. Uh, most interesting fact you have recently learned? Mine, again, around gaming, and I don't know, I'm not a gamer either, but I, the gaming space is blowing up. I find it fascinating. You're, uh, you're the, on Twitch, but you're not a gamer? No, I'm not on Twitch. Okay. I just met with them for the, like, mm. yeah, yesterday. So this they is were not sharing like me Thursday best night. Class case studies. No, I'm not Thursday like night. Like 11 p.m. Streaming. Yeah, no, with okay. the baby on one hip, streaming Twitch. <laughs> no, it's not You happening. do live in Brooklyn. This seems I like do. it's possible. I do. Okay. Um, but my new thing that I learned was we have our, in, in the U.S., uh, at the end of last year, they built the first esports gaming arena that's in, now in Arlington, Texas. And it's fully devoted, just like a sporting stadium, but fully mm. devoted to esports and gaming. Uh, best meal you had last week? Easy. Le Cuckoo. Just not even, that was a, a layup, right? Oh, my goodness. It's fabulous. Where is it? It's on um, Lafayette down by, mm. by Canal. Mm. Okay. Excellent. New place to go. All around, beautiful. Don't bring the baby, just the mm-hmm. husband. Mm-hmm. Perfect. Or leave him at home, too. Yeah. Uh, weirdest thing you saw anywhere at South by last week. I would say it has to be Dentsu, believe it or not, is behind this new concept for a restaurant that's going to um, open up in 2020 in Tokyo. 3D printable sushi, plant-based. Oh, yeah, I saw that in the... Yeah. I have a picture of you Is that the one that's based it. off of your blood work? <laughs> I didn't that's get the weirdest to that thing part. that I heard right. about. Surely this is a deep fake. <laughs> yeah, that you take your, they take not your blood work and then they make surely. you sushi that's 100% like tailored to what you need. Well, I didn't get to that part, but I did see the little 3D printed models. Did you taste wow. it? No, they were plastic there. That's interesting. Uh, strangest thing, Risa, other than printable sushi. I'll tell you one thing. A couple of years ago, one of my first years there, I think there was a person on a pedicab, the, the driver, and she had a knife sticking out of her uh, her sock. That sounds right. Well, and I was like, all right, I'm in Texas. And she's like, I'm like, what's with the knife? Does that, do you need that? She said, I get some frisky customers. So yeah, I do need it. And mm. nobody messes with me with a knife in my, yeah. in, I think it, was, it must have been her boot. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't. I, I can tell you that. I don't think you should. By a wide margin, <laughs> we have covered more ground in this pod than any of our others. In fact, I don't even know how we can knit this baby together. This, this might be a two-parter. That's South by for you. That, that, that is. Look, keep Austin weird for sure. I cannot thank you all enough. Thank you very, very much, Risa, Karen, Haley. Thanks so much for joining us here. Thank uh, you. That's it for this episode of The Human Element. We will be back out to you. Actually, we're doing another recording tomorrow. Shockingly, we're back on track. Please remember to find us anywhere that you listen to your pods. And if you feel so motivated, subscribe or perish the thought, give us a rating. Thanks so much. We'll see you real soon. Bye-bye.